Well, thank you for joining me once again for another episode of Focus on Fertility. This is your host, Dale Bader, and today and throughout this week, you'll be joining me as I am live at ASRM 2018, their annual congress. And with me now is Sean Tipton, spokesman for ASRM, to explain to us exactly what ASRM is and its main role in the form of advocacy to patients and also to the field of reproductive medicine. Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm happy to be here. So can you explain a little bit about the role of ASRM in itself? Of course. So ASRM stands for the American Society for Reproductive Medicine. We are an individual member professional association. So we're the professional group that professionals in the field join to further their education and to network. So it's Our membership consists of physicians, scientists, embryologists, nurses, attorneys, practice managers, uh, really all the disciplines are involved in reproductive care and fertility care. Uh, And even though our name says American, our membership is about 30% international and and attendees at this Congress, it'll be closer to 40 or 45% who actually come and and join our meeting from other countries. Each year there is a Congress. That's where we're at here in Denver today. What is the role of the annual Congress each year? Yeah, this is our 74th annual meeting that we recently rebranded to call the Scientific Congress and Expo. And we do a number of things here. First and foremost, it is a presentation of original research. So we have over 1,000 abstracts, 800-something that get presented as posters, another 200 that are chosen to be presented as oral abstracts after they're peer-reviewed, that's how that distinction comes about. We have a number of uh, what are people who are celebrities, frankly, in the infertility science space, but for the patients, maybe not, uh, do plenary talks. And these are unopposed. Everybody in the whole uh, convention center goes, and this is the only thing going on. So we generally bring in very big scientific names for those kind of sessions. And we have uh, a couple other kinds of forums, but it's primarily an educational meeting. So it's Mm -hmm. where practitioners and other kinds of professionals in the field come to brush up on their skills and to learn new techniques and new and new uh, approaches. And you mentioned the exhibition. There's also several exhibitors here, correct? That's correct. So part of the part of the meeting is a, an industry exhibition where vendors in who provide services to the professionals in the field essentially show their wares, whether those are those can be pharmaceutical products, those can be lab products. Uh, we often have uh, people selling things like massage chairs or something that, that may not be necessarily related, but they know people will buy. So, And I saw there was advocacy stuff involved as well so that the physicians and practitioners can take it from here maybe to help expand some advocacy within their practices as well. Well, advocacy is an important focus for the ASRM, particularly access to care. Uh, we did a strategic planning process about five years ago, and it became very clear that An important issue for our members was the frustration that they have when they see patients and they know they can help those patients, but those patients can't access or won't access those treatments. Oftentimes in this country, that is an economic problem, not always, and we're looking at that too. But but, so that's a big become a big focus. So we have a whole programming track on access to care where clinicians are sharing some of the tricks that they learn about how to retain patients and and frankly, help them uh, financially get the treatment that they need. So, uh, And then it's more straight up people think advocacy and they think it's all politics, and we do that too. So there's no question that working with patient groups like Resolve, uh, we've worked very hard over the last couple of years to uh, 
specifically, we've passed a number of bills in the states that will require access to fertility preservation treatments. Very good. Um, well, we appreciate you again for taking some time out, and we look forward to uh, sharing more from ASRM throughout this week. Thank you again. Well, we're glad you're here. If you've been trying to start your own family and haven't had success, you're not alone. Millions of people just like you are experiencing the same very personal and painful frustration. Infertility affects men and women equally. The Missouri Center for Reproductive Medicine, MCRM Fertility, can help. MCRM accepts most insurance and you don't need a referral. They offer the most advanced science and technology, including exclusive techniques and the embryo scope. Check them out at mcrmfertility.com. And thank you again for joining me on this edition of Focus on Fertility. We now join you live from the Exposition Hall of ASRM 2018 at the Faring Pharmaceuticals booth. And live with me now is Olga Milibetsky. She is the Associate Director of Commercial Development of Reproductive Health. Olga, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be chatting with you. You guys have a very special uh, campaign going on here at the booth as well as online called the Talk About Trying campaign. What is the hashtag Talk About Trying campaign? Yeah, so Talk About Trying is a hashtag Faring initiated as part of a campaign for individuals and couples to share their personal experiences with fertility on social media. So in addition, we hoped people would share their words of advice or support with others who may be currently navigating the fertility world. So whether one has been trying for a long time, has suffered a miscarriage, or has gone through IVF, we wanted to really create a community where people could share their words and experience. We hope that their words would inspire and provide support to those who are going through similar struggles and to elevate the conversation around fertility. And specifically, why is Faring supporting this campaign? Yeah, well, I think we're all personally passionate about this. We're also, as an organization, very passionate about this. So we launched the campaign along with the hashtag Talk About Trying during National Fertility Awareness last week, earlier this year. Yep. So although we don't own the hashtag, we launched the campaign with hopes that it would motivate the Trying to Conceive or TTC community to share their stories and break down stigmas surrounding infertility. We understand the value and the power that individual stories have on those struggling with infertility. So at ASRM, we're expanding this campaign, asking attendees to come share their own talk about trying message, whether it's a personal experience, words of encouragement, or their own reason for working in the fertility therapeutic area. Together, we hope we can all work together, we can raise awareness about fertility issues, empower individuals and couples during their family building process. And for those present here at ASRM 2018, we hope many of you out there are tuning in this week. How can they participate and be part of this campaign? Yeah, that's a great question. So we invite all ASRM attendees to come by the Faring booth. It's booth number 521 and participate in the photo gift station. So it's fun. It's lighthearted. Attendees can make a personal gift so they can write why they talk about trying and then email it to themselves where they can post it on their personal and clinic social media platforms. And you can check this out even on the Focus on Fertility Twitter and Facebook page because I took the time as I'm one of those in the eight. You were the one first, so we appreciated it. It looked part. great. So we're very excited about that. Now, I know not everybody can be here at ASRM 2018, so those tuning in that are not here, how can they be part of this campaign? Yeah, I mean, I think this campaign goes above and beyond what we're doing here, so we hope that we can continue to build traction with this campaign and the Talk About Trying hashtag. So we invite anyone listening, we hope you take part in this campaign, share your own message about Talk About Trying. Make sure you add the hashtag Talk About Trying to any posts, and together we really hope we can make a difference and help people that are struggling with infertility know that they're not 
alone, but that there's a large supportive community out there. And that's great because there really is this camaraderie that needs to come about from 100%. all those going through it. Yeah. Olga, thank you so much for joining thank me today. You. This was an honor. Great. Thank you. With all of the education going on this week at ASRM 2018, there's an opportunity for you or someone you know struggling with infertility to join us at Gateway to Parenthood in St. Louis, Missouri, March 9th, 2019. For more information, visit www.gatewaytoparenthood.com. And day one of ASRM 2018 here in Denver, Colorado is just about down into the books, but we do want to cover a few final highlights from today here at the event. We're going to start out with the awards. There have been several awards presented from uh, different groups, including ASRM, and we want to highlight just a couple of those, one of them being from the California Cryobanks Donor Egg Bank. They provided several awards last evening, and one of them that we want to highlight goes out to our partner clinic, MCRM Fertility, and proud sponsor of this podcast, their third-party coordinator, Shawnee Hurt, received the Excellence in Third-Party Reproductive Care for 2018 Award, and congratulations. Definitely goes out to Shawnee for that. Also, the ASRM has given away several awards, and one being the Distinguished Researcher Award, which goes to Teresa Woodruff from the Feinberg School of Medicine and Northwestern University. More on those awards are available at the ASRM website. There have also been several key abstracts that have been made live and uh, been presented upon here today. One of them is actually talking about advances in transgender reproduction, and this is an area that is definitely growing uh, as more individuals are investigating and utilizing transgender technology. And before undergoing medical and surgical transition, Transgender individuals have the ability to freeze eggs or sperm to preserve their future fertility. And in a first-of-its-kind study, a team from Beth Israel and Boston IVF reported on the results of ovarian stimulation in those females who wish to become male transgender patients. 25 stimulation cycles involving 22 trans male patients were compared with that of 75 cycles of a control group with tubal factor infertility who were similar in age, body mass index, and antimalarian hormone levels as those transitioning. Using similar doses of fertility medications, the transgender patients had a higher mean number of oocytes retrieved than the control values itself. They also had a higher mean number of mature oocytes received. Most of the transgender patients were just planning on freezing their eggs, so as of right now, findings on fertilization rates are generally limited. However, those who underwent insemination fertilization rates were comparable to the rates found in the control group itself, and we expect to hear more information related to that in the next upcoming months as additional research continues. There was also a study released today that shows female veterans show a high number of reporting being sexually assault victims may also have more likely to be infertile. And this is a new research presented at the ASRM 2018 Congress, and a high proportion of female veterans have been victims of sexual assault. Veterans who reported infertility were found to have suffered sexual assault at even higher rates than those who did not report fertility issues. The researchers from the University of Iowa conducted computer-assisted telephone surveys with a sample of nearly 1,000 women veterans. They found 18% had infertility. Those with infertility were found to be older, more likely to have been smokers, and less likely to be white than those who did not report infertility. 
the infertile group also reported higher rates of fibromyalgia, cancer, and chronic pain than those who did not report infertility. A disturbingly high number of women veterans reported having been sexually assaulted, with the rate being higher among the infertile group, 60%, as compared to the non-infertile group of 45%. And lastly, one of the other items that we'd like to highlight as a research study that came out today is discussing the IVF treatments not being as successful in the African-American women population. The first study examined outcomes from IVF procedures at a very large Washington, D.C. area clinic that examined the results of over 36,000 procedures performed between 2004 and 2016, and those results were compared between patients who self-identified as either being Caucasian or African-American. They found that the African-American population had a 14% lower live birth rate than those in the Caucasian group. The African-American patients were on average slightly older, had a higher BMI value, and were more likely to have diminished ovarian reserve, but were less likely to have uterine disorders. The African-American patients responded better to ovarian stimulation protocols, more eggs were retrieved, and more embryos were produced. However, pregnancy rates were lower and clinical pregnancy loss was 24% among the African-American patient population. Additional studies will continue on that front as well. Well, that will conclude for today here live at ASRM 2018 in Denver, Colorado. We will be giving updates on our social media site as well on Twitter and Facebook as well as doing frequent podcasts throughout this week. So be sure to tune in throughout the week for the very latest updates here at the American Society for Reproductive Medicine's 74th Annual Congress.